Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, everyone. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Tuesday. Apologies for that. The video is going to drop a little bit later. We've got some live stream issues, but it wouldn't be draft season with bringing back a guest. Before we get to today's guest, big man, how you doing? The sun's out. Everything's good, man. It is. It's, uh, yeah, it's all good. It's busy, busy, busy time of year. We can, I think, safely say that the fantasy football playbook is written with the exception of some last minute uh, projections and waiting for rookies to land. So nothing we can do pre-draft, but the the behemoth that is the fantasy football playbook 2021 is written. And despite our best efforts, we made it longer than we did last year. So I think we just, <laughs> I don't know how we did that. Well, I can tell you how I did it. Cause I went double hard on every single rookie and I did twice as many rookies. So I wrote twice as many words on twice as many rookies and, and, and filled out a lot of Google docs. So <laughs> there was, there was my half. And then there's some absolutely smashing insight on the fantasy side from you, sir. So the behemoth is the playbook is almost ready. And 
we wanted to make sure it was perfect before telling you when it was out. So that date is, is still behind closed doors because like Murph said, it's it's not quite finished. There's a bit of ink still drying from the quill, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We, we, we've got it. We're first in goal. Yeah, let's just hope I'm not the running back because all 165 pound of me is not smashing through that line. <laughs> Talking of uh, of smashing through that line, somebody who is annihilating well the fantasy football world as she blazes a trail through it is returning guest. I think this is the fifth time you're on. Fifth or sixth time. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. We're, we're so lucky that her agent takes uh, our calls because, <laughs> yes. I mean, we joked the last time that she was on. It was like, look, you, you just we're going to have to get an agent to book you. And then since you've been on, I can't even like your bio would be the longest bio of anyone we have on because you work for every publication going. Mm-hmm. And especially it doesn't ridiculous. help. <laughs> yeah. It's Stepmom Lawrence. She's here in the house again. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Like I said before, I wouldn't miss being on Five Yard Rush ever. Rush Nation, some of my favorites, I got to say. Thank you for having me on. I know my bio is a little long. <laughs> it it <Well>, is. <laughs> it, it's it's um, every time I, I message you to see if you come on, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't get this right. I'm doing this now. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. How many more hours in the day have you added over there in Florida? Like, what's going on? It's It's, it's nuts. But I love it so much. So it doesn't really feel like work. So it's like... I, I don't know. This is why you take two months off between, you know, February and March. I am MIA. I'm not on social media much. I take those two months off because from April to August, hmm. I'm slammed busy. And then from August to December, I have no life, like none, <laughs> none. But I love it because it's it's fun and I enjoy doing it. So it doesn't feel like I'm, you know, working per se. I know that's very cliche, but yeah, that's why. And then like, I think I'll have... Well, last year I only had one day a week off and that was Saturday. And then I was like, don't talk to me on Saturday. I am laying on the couch and I'm going to watch college football, HGTV, or like ghost adventures. So leave me alone. (laughs) Don't talk to me so I can sleep. (laughs) Ghost adventures. Wow. I know. I'm very eclectic with my show choices. I don't think we even have that here in this country. I don't know. It's um, like paranormal got... investigating. Yeah. It's fun. It's, like it's usually just funny, which is why I like to watch it. I was going to say. There's, I'm sure there was some old chap at some time called Derek Akora running around doing some sort of ghost business. I, I don't know. Isn't he dead now? That's why I said we used to. I mean, he's probably still running around on the TV show, just on the other side of the camera now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he passed. So, uh, Lauren, why don't you let us know what's new with you? What have you picked up? What are you working on? What's what else have you added to your repertoire since last on? How much time do we have? I mean, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm still with the fantasy footballers. I am also still with NBC Sports Edge, formerly known as Roto World, because that happened while I was on my two month break. And I that was what happened. I don't even know. I'm gone for like three weeks. <laughs> like rename everything. So I have That's a confession. Fine. I actually wrote in the original version of the show notes what you think of the name change, and then realized that you're still employed by them and probably can't talk about it in a <laughs> in a way that would be deemed as well. How do I put it? Evan Silver esque. Right. Uh, and how he put it. So I decided to take right. that question off because I think Evan probably I'm actually, well, I can just throw it in there. I actually don't mind it. Um, I think for a lot of people that are not in the fantasy community, they have no idea what Roto World is. 
But if you tell somebody like NBC Sports Edge, they're like, oh, so that's why I like it. Because then I don't have to explain (laughs) what it is that I do, which I have to do anyway. So, yeah, so I'm still with NBC Sports Edge. Um, That content usually comes out in season. Um, I am also, who did I miss? Um, yes, I am newly a member of the fantasy football guys, which is very exciting. So we have some fun news coming out in the next week or so, which I'm excited to share with you at that time. I don't know if I'm supposed to let the cat out of the bag now, so I'm not going to, um, follow me on Twitter at step Lauren. If you want to know, I might give you behind the scenes info. Um, but yeah, and I am still with fantasy pros as well. And I'm doing a lot of video content for them this year. And it's exciting. It's super fun. And you guys have to hear me and watch me and read my stuff more. So if you don't like that, I'm not sorry. And also you're contributing to one of our favorite fantasy football publications this year. Yes, I am. Fantasy, I hope we're talking about the same one, right? (laughs) Okay, yes. Well, to be fair, knowing you, it could be two. (laughs) I don't know. We're talking about the Black Book. Yes, so I am going to be doing um, two divisions of the uh, fantasy team previews for for Joe and the fantasy black book, which I am super excited about. So yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> which is awesome. Um, yeah, we're big fans of the black book. We've pushed it pretty hard. Um, Joe, um, we haven't actually talked commission with Joe, but we probably need to. Um, he did at one point say we were single-handedly responsible for a significant uptake in units of the black book here in the UK. So he's um, such a cool person. Uh, we love him. Um, you know, I think up, up there, I think you and him are the two most guested or two guests. We have the most on, on the show. I love that. Yay. And the thing about that's great about Joe too, is he is an avid uh, proponent and promoter of women in, in the sports world. I mean, that's, it, he's been behind my back since before I even, really did that much i mean and he was just like go for it keep killing it i mean he's just a really really good person so it's good to see him at fantasy pros killing it and also seeing the the black book come out again so yeah it's, 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 it's brilliant we had him on for the super bowl week and uh because him being a patriots and tom brady we thought it made complete sense as the quarterback guy and he, he obviously told me that the fantasy pros thing it wasn't official it was like tw- i think less than 24 hours but he told me obviously it was happening and I couldn't think of a better choice. And obviously they got Kyle there and uh, you know, you're there. Everyone's there now. Nate, <laughs> Nate Hamilton was on this week. Joe's just bringing the whole band over of people. That it's used to crazy. Be on. <laughs> it's great. Um, and look, you've also debuted. You've been on their podcast a couple of times now, haven't you as well? The yes. Fantasy Pros. So it's good. I have. You're, you're yeah. taking over the world. <laughs> like next time you're on, it's literally going to be, we're going to need 10 minutes of just intro and Lauren and what she's doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Your agent, your agent's killing it. Like you, you probably have the best agent in fantasy sports, right? I now. do. I do have the best agent, <laughs> although he is terrified of thunderstorms, which <laughs> was going on all day today. So he was spazzing out and freaking out and running around the living room like a psychopath. He's also a four and a half pound Pomeranian. And my oldest <laughs> Pomeranian, my, 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 the predecessor of my promoters or my agents, if you will, he's turning 17 today. Hero. Oh. He's like from the time of Christ. He is such an old dog, but he's cool. But he's deaf now, so he can't hear the thunder, so he doesn't care. Speaking, speaking of birthdays, because I, I, I feel bad I've forgotten this in the intro, but it was, it was Stocks' birthday on Saturday. Um, oh, happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you. We didn't obviously celebrate in person because we're still under some significant restrictions here in oh, the UK. Oh, that sucks. You should come to Florida. Yeah, well, 
I think I'll be coming out there in 2022. I think that's the plan. I will. Be Let me know. Let me know. Now the family have moved back down to Orlando. I have residency. That's like there. right around. My husband works in Orlando. Oh, come on. We're going to hang out. We'll, we'll sort it out. Um, but stocks, uh, yeah, we couldn't obviously see each other for birthday. We'll hopefully get to see each other in the next few weeks when they do lift some more restrictions in May 17th, I think it is. So, yeah, it's but did talk, talk about your birthday, man, because I, I, I feel gutted I didn't see you. I did obviously send you something, and at least it got there on time this year, which helped. It, it did, and I massively appreciate it. If it wasn't around 45 degrees centigrade in my flat right now, I would be wearing it. Murph bought me a delightful Denver Broncos hoodie, so much love, big man. I, you know, with restrictions being in place, could only go to my mother's because she's part of our support bubble so we went there and the wife cooked up two racks of ribs 24 wings coleslaw corn on the cob wedges and made a sick birthday cake so by the way i'll send you a picture lauren the most incredible birthday cake i've ever seen oh i want to see a picture it's it's like i honestly because i know art yeah yeah because i know i know emma is, is a great um cake baker i didn't question that she baked it but i'll show you this and you won't believe it wasn't store-bought because it is just one of the most beautiful things oh, I I send, I, oh yeah i'll send it over now so you can get a live reaction on there but it is um it, yeah incredible your your wife absolutely crushed it so shout out to uh to, to mrs m because she she raised the game and i sent the cake to um, my missus and she um is not going to be able to recreate something <laughs> similar <laughs> but she can try oh wow that is super cool how good's that cake i want to eat it well unfortunately <laughs> i'm really hungry now uh, i haven't had lunch it's, it's, it's all gone <laughs> Wow, that looks that. amazing. That does look like a work of art. Like that should be on a bake show. Like that I so, also watch on Saturdays. <laughs> we we uh, we're massively off topic here, but what you know, Lauren's been five times now, and there's only so much fantasy football you can talk, right? So um <laughs> we, completed it, have we? My my wife has ridiculous baking skills. Like she's she's as I'm good so as jealous. anybody I've seen. But I'm only... excellent at eating baked goods, not baking goods. Well, when we do uh, make you, it Lauren. to Florida, we meet together. When, when we do make it to Florida, I will get her to cook a cake stateside so you can have some. Oh, good. Maybe it'll be in my new kitchen. And it's like a big, big kitchen. And so we can eat her amazing baking. So here's another segue, Murph, that you don't know. Lauren sent me a picture of her kitchen that she's made out of bolster wood and polystyrene and stuff. But it's yeah. essentially a tiny scaled doll's house kitchen that she's just knocked up because she's got time. <laughs> like, I- Where did this come from? I so, okay. So my husband and I, we we have had our eye on this piece of property that's not very far from where we live now. And we were super thrilled because it went up for sale and it was really good price for the area. So we're like, oh my God, we've had our eye on this for forever. So we ended up getting it and we were so excited. So now we've been designing, it's going to be our forever home. So it's going to take us a while to like, you know, actually get it all built and everything. But, you know, part of designing a house on your own, you really have to kind of get an idea of the space and make sure everything's in the right right place, you know, countertops and cabinets and all that. So I don't know why, but I just decided to build a one, it's basically one inch equals 24 inches. So it's a one twenty fourth scale 
I'm only like halfway done, but I, I did get the back scaled. I just thought you just knocked something together with some. No, wood it's and... with like balsa wood. And so I got all the supplies like balsa wood and then foam, foam core board. And like I got acrylic paints and I did the same flooring we're going to use that I took the picture off of Home Depot and put it down into the right side. It's, it's, it's stupid. Like, why did I do this? I don't know. But once I got started, I was like, so this stupid. is the most therapeutic thing I've ever done. <laughs> I, I will send you a photo, Murph. Of, of this I know. I should, I should go run and grab it, but I don't want to spend any more time with it. But it was it was really fun. And like, so once I saw it, I realized how many mistakes we had done in the actual design of the kitchen. I was like, I'm so glad I did this because now I know that this cabinet needs to open this way. And like, well, it, was, it worked. <laughs> there was a purpose. It's, it was mind-bendingly good. And if we segue it back It wasn't that the... good. I need to redo it. I don't like it at all. So I'm redoing the whole thing. Well, I mean, just, just the effort involved with it was mind-bendingly good because who knocks <laughs> off a balsa wood model of the kitchen? Though? I mean, that's... Anyway, we'll go back to the cake. If you like Biscoff, it was pure Biscoff. It I had love a Bis- Biscoff. It had a Biscoff sponge, a Biscoff buttercream, a white chocolate Biscoff ganache, and then it had Biscoff biscuits on it. And then... Yeah. Did you guys just hear that? My stomach was just like, <laughs> feed me. It was good. It was I mean, good. I'm trying to lose weight. So talking about Biscoff, which I love, cake, which I love even more, equals sucks. Because <laughs> now I'm hungry <laughs> for cookies. I, I love the fact that I'm on a show with a person who celebrated a birthday with one of the best cakes I've ever seen. And a woman who built a balsa wood model of her future kitchen. And all <laughs> I have managed to achieve this week is teach my 20-month-old son how to fist bump. That's like, amazing. I, I, feel like, I feel like levels-wise, I'm really sort of – I feel like I need to pull <laughs> something out of the bag for next week. I think oh, it's yeah. pretty good. I also did make my earrings. Did I, did I tell you that? No, but they yeah. are amazing. Yes, I decided to add jewelry making because I couldn't find any jewelry that I liked because I'm going to be on more podcasts and more videos. And so a good way to diversify my wardrobe is not by actually changing my clothes, but by changing different accessories. So I just kind of whipped these up together. It was maybe a total of 50 cents worth of stuff. And I'm like, this works. This works. Ladies, I can help you make your own jewelry for cheap, super duper cheap. And it's easy. It's not as complicated as one might think. And that that was uh, just uh, the eight pairs Lauren knocked up yesterday, or six pairs. There you go. I mean, I did. I did. Made about eight pairs yesterday. Once you get into the rhythm, it's just like do 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 do. I don't. I don't. Don't doubt that one bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've. You know, I don't know how long we've been going now, but we've had a little time since the season has finished. Lauren, we talked about your 2020 fantasy season when you were last on. Now we've had some time to reflect. Is there anything that you've picked up on recently that you're going to take away from the 2020 season heading into the 21 season? You know, there's a lot of things. Um, Don't get COVID is one of them. That's the the biggest one. (laughs) Yeah. And how important preseason training camp is. We all knew this, but the effects of it were were pretty, pretty huge. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, though, is what I am not expecting to happen in 2021 as a base based on what happened out of 2020. And I do not think that the, the rookie wide receivers are going to have as big of an impact as they did last year. Um, I think it might be kind of leveling back down to a little bit more normal for wide receivers as opposed to the running back class. Um but I have my eye on the second year guys that were rookies last year. And also just be, be, be like water. You always have to be like water. Things always get messed up when it comes to 
fantasy football, especially drafting. So, absolutely. Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) (laughs) So, Christian, I was going to ask you that ties in nicely the Christian McCaffrey thing. So, I know a lot of people this year are more intrigued or more buying into this. And, you know, I've spoken about this at length. I don't ever believe in shoehorning into a strategy before the draft anyway. But, Mm -hmm. you know, people people are, are hesitant to go with running back early. You know, we looked at last year, last year's average ADP, you're getting 10 running backs in the first round. Um in, in most drafts um, going off the ADP and people now want to hedge that a little bit and feel like, well, actually wide receiver is going to be um, probably a safer bet in round one. Do you think one, first of all, that based on what we saw last year with a lot of the top running backs getting hurt, not performing, whatever. Um, do you think one, you're more likely to fade running back in 2021 in the first round? And two, do you think that as a result, more people will do the same and we might see more like a six, a six, six split, or maybe even like a seven, five um, split in, in the position ranks. I think I'm going to go with the latter on what you're, on what you're saying. I am not going to do that, but I am hoping that everybody else does because I want to be able to scoop up some of those big guys. If I happen to be in a draft position, that's a little bit later on in the first round where some of those elite running backs are not available. So I'm hoping that is where the trend is going. Um, But don't forget, it wasn't just the running backs, the elite running backs, if you will, that had an issue. Elite wide receivers did too. Look what happened to Kenny Galladay. Look at Michael Thomas. Look at Julio Jones. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad, like across the board. So I think it just kind of, for me, it kind of starts off on a clean slate. And this is my, usually my quote strategy, if you will, which isn't much of a strategy. It's like, base your stuff on what everybody else is doing, because you're going to, you're going to get a feel for where people are going and what they're doing as you're drafting. And I'm really hoping that people are going to be staying away from someone like Ezekiel Elliott, who had a terrible year last year, because things are different this year, significantly different. So myself, I'm not avoiding running backs in the in the first round. I hope everybody else is though. I'm with you, hundred yeah. percent. And actually, I I've been scared. <coughs> Excuse me, but I'm exactly the same as you. I've been doing a lot of drafts with people in the industry, and actually, industry folks are not fading running backs. It just seems right. to be in best ball drafts, in other drafts, we're seeing fades from more traditional fantasy players as opposed to experts. But experts are still going nine, ten running backs in the first round, mm-hmm. from what I've seen in early data, anyway. I, I feel like you have to, though. I mean, you, <clears throat> excuse me. The the wide receiver play might be perceived as safe, but getting one of those elite running backs, you can't <laughs> move away from that production, regardless of where you draft them. So you're going for safety over elite production at a position that's quite scarce. Yeah, and I, I we talk about this in, in the 2021 playbook and, and I did a lot of analysis in terms of the running back position, the position scarcity. You know, last year was a freak year. Um, I streamed the RB9 and that's just from streaming players with, that were under 30% owned every single week on the waiver wire. And that was possible because you had so much flux, um, especially early season where it's just, if you're able to pivot quickly and correctly you could you could do all right but that will never happen again it was such a statistical outlier not just the amount of injuries 
but the amount of, you know, you have players like Ezekiel Elliott who didn't get injured, but his quarterback got injured. Right. You know, and there there was so much flux at the position. If anything, it just showed how scarce the position is. And Mm -hmm. actually, if you hit on one of those guys, the advantage is bigger than it ever has been. I do think looking at the floods of classes coming in, you've got, you know, let's, let's be realistic. We'll get onto the 2021 running, uh, running back class. There's really only three guys in this class that are, and I'm not trying to be harsh or disrespectful, you know, to get drafted in the NFL is an incredible thing. You have to be one of the best players in the world to get drafted. But realistically, there's only three players of significant interest in this draft. It is a very thin class. Next year's class lining up to be very, very similar. We are, I, I personally project that within three to four years, we're going to go back to where we were in the early 2000s with fantasy football and running back won't be as an elite position because it will be more that um, committee work. It will be two, three backs sharing touches. You know, I do think we're heading that way. And I think we, we've kind of seen the high tide of the bell cow running back for a while, not forever because these things go around in cycles. But right. There are still bell cow backs. There are still, and I think if you get one of those guys and they're fit, your advantage is significant in in fantasy. And I just think, I I asked the question because I know some people are really desperate to fade them this year, but I just think you've got to punch the lottery ticket on these guys because there's only about seven, seven to 10 of them that are worth owning that will give you that elite upside. Oh, absolutely. And if you wait on running back too late, your your second and third tier running backs just do not produce the same amount of fantasy points as a second and third tier wide receiver. So, I mean, sure, is luck involved? Luck's always involved in fantasy football. What we do is educated guessing, and we have no idea if someone's going to get hurt or, in, in Zeke's case, if their quarterback is going to get hurt. But when you're looking at it, do you want two people that take up your spot? Let's say you have two running backs that combined score as much as Derrick Henry, or do you want to have Derrick Henry? Like that's, that's going to be the choice you're going to have to make. And that's where you can help beef up your roster in the later rounds. And you can also take flyers on guys that you have maybe have some potential and some better opportunity for this year. But those first few rounds are critical. They are absolutely critical. And I think when you have an influx with this year too, like Najee Harris is going to crush it. I really hope his landing spot is somewhere other than Buffalo, because if he's in Buffalo, I'm going to be very sad. But I think he's going to do really great this year. And I think that this may be like you were, I think maybe you were alluding to Murph, is that this may be one of the last years where there might be a pretty wide range of running backs that can be available in the first round, especially if people are fading them and they can fall. If you're in, let's say, a 12-person league, if you're anywhere from 8 to 12, you may have still have a chance to get one of those RB1s before that turn comes. And then you can either pick up another stud RB if it's fallen Wide receiver one, tight end one in Travis Kelsey. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Is it football time yet? I know. It's not long. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I need it, football. It is rapidly, rapidly approaching. I, I mean, it's, crazy it's, time flies. it's crazy that it's so soon. But, you know, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at some recent, you know, ADP data. You know, you're looking at, for example, Joe Mixon available in the third or fourth round. You're looking at, you know, oh, I agree. Look, I'm not as high on Joe Mixon as others, but people are fading these people far too far. Joe Mixon, given the position, shouldn't be, you know, the running back 12 off the board, the running back 13 off the board. You know, he deserves yeah. to be higher than that, given it's an injury discount baked into it. You know, 
I'm not saying these guys are elite, but he should be going ahead of people like J.K. Dobbins, who, you know, Baltimore don't produce elite running back production. In, in terms of opportunity, especially with Giovanni Bernard no longer there either, he does have the opportunity. The problem is, is like, how, how many times can you get burned before you're just like, I'm done? You know, yeah. and that's, I've never liked Joe Mixon. I've never cared for him. So I've never had him on any of my teams. And it just happened to be fantasy exactly the same. You know, like he's just hasn't produced. It's always like, this is Joe Mixon's year. Like how many times are we going to say that before it's like, okay, because if the Bengals, what are the Bengals going to do in the draft? They better look at their offensive line, but you never know what, what's going to happen. No, I agree. But they, you know, to the point now it's gone too far the other way. I see you over there. So like in, in January, <laughs> I got January, February, I got in a, in a best ball draft. I got Joe Mixon at the four, eight, like that's that's just like buying money that's, at yeah. that stage. I that's mean, like crazy. it's so cheap that he, he doesn't even need to play ten games for it to be worthwhile. That's true. That's very be- true. Because you know, if we looked at what happened to he got injured weeks three through six, he was the he was the running back four in most formats. Mm-hmm. You know, he just needs to put a few good weeks together as you're streaming RB two and you're laughing. And and I think that's the thing is that people have got this perennial. It's it's weird. I've been in some drafts this year where people have faded running back almost completely and they've gone the Travis Kelsey wide receiver, wide receiver route. Um, or they're trying to build the the KC stack. So they're trying to go mm-hmm. Hill Mahomes or Hill Case or Kelsey Hill Mahomes and right. trying to do that on the turn and come back and get mix um get Mahomes. Um I've seen a lot of people trying to build that stack in the opening three rounds. I'm not so sure with that offensive line if if I want to put all my eggs on that line, but you know, hey ho. But I think it's it's weird. I've been in some drafts where literally it's been running back, running back, running back, running back. But the second round is almost all running backs to the point where you're mm-hmm. having to take Najee Harris at the two, three turn because there isn't anyone left. Like the teardrop after him is ridiculous. And you're like, well, right. it's him or it's, uh, you know, thinking about Ronald Jones. Like that's yeah. how bad that teardrop gets. And then I've seen other drafts where it's been a heavy wide receiver second round. It's just interesting. I, I, that's why I wanted to get your thoughts because – I th- we we don't know yet. It's still so early. Draft hasn't happened. A lot of this is going to get defined, but I, I I think people need to be prepared for both scenarios. One in, in a case of where running backs go off the board early and to not panic and just let the value come to you. And if they go, they go mm-hmm. and don't chase the position. And the other half is, well, if you're going to get players fall to you, I think like I, I was in a draft the other day and got Antonio Gibson at the three, three. I was just going to bring his name up. Phenomenal. If I can yeah. get Antonio Gibson in the three, if I can get Antonio Gibson anywhere in the second round, I'm buying. Like it doesn't. I, I yeah. Literally, I'm auto buying. It's it's like yeah, I'll hit that button because the guy's breakout potential with that offense. You know, the Christian McCaffrey 2018 2019 season is not outside of his range of outcomes. Yeah, you know that's a good point, and I think I think this year because I haven't done a ton of mock drafts yet, I'll really vamp those up July and August, and is when I'll start playing around with strategies and just seeing how things are different because we don't we don't really know a whole bunch right now, just not enough details, not enough off season moves yet. We still have the draft, um, but that's a really intriguing what it would look like if you're going to wait on running back because one of the things I do. I wrote for fantasy pros last year was um, experimenting with the zero wide receiver strategy and zero running back strategy. They were both frankly gross, but it's curious. It's curious to see who may be available, may not be available at that time. And I'm wondering how different it's going to be this year as opposed to last year, but really looking at, especially where you're at in your draft and how many people are in your league, 
going running back, running back, and then just not having to worry about it mm. unless somebody falls. I mean, we're not even sure what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs either because he may be facing a suspension due to his DUI uh, crash. So yeah. where does what does that do to his ADP? And then on the other flip side of it, then do you take Kenyon Drake instead? So there's tons of different things that are still yet to come to fruition that are going to affect ADP as we go along the summer. A hundred percent. And we, and, and, you know, we have, we have some very strange situations out there. We have Arizona where, you know, you've got James Connor and Chase Edmonds, who knows yeah. what's going to happen out of there. You got Houston, where you've got you know, David Johnson, Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay. And we might not have Deshaun Watson who knows what's going to happen there. That, that's a hot mess. Houston yeah. is a hot mess. You like, almost Houston. You're... We have a problem is not even like it's, <laughs> it's serious. <laughs> exactly. You know, you've got Tampa's a mess. We don't really know what's going on there. And then if they Speaking go Giovanni Bernard. Yeah. I mean, well, look, I don't think Giovanni Bernard is someone that should be drafted in fantasy football this year, but um, he does take away from Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette because they think they only have, I think it Oh my gosh, I don't quote me on this number, but I think it's only like 90, 93 vacated touches total that includes the receiving game so there's only so much to go around in a tom brady led offense so i don't like giovanni bernard because of what he does to ronald jones and leonard fournette well i don't think he hurts ronald jones i don't because you don't think so no because ronald jones doesn't really do much on on, he doesn't do any third down work you know that all went pretty much exclusively to fournette and to and to shady mccoy in the few touches that he managed to garner last year right um 25 yeah, it wasn't it wasn't many. And and then when Literally, you got I think it was only twenty five. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's not you didn't have many. I mean he, he nicked a ring, fair play to him, like you know. know. Um but he had it's more about Fournette for me. Like that whole backfield is a mess. Keyshawn Vaughn is back with a preseason. Like if they end up going running back, that is just a whole situation I just want out of. I don't want any part of that backfield because do you get Lombardi Lenny who's going to come in and take touches from Rojo? Like they, no. they could equally have three backs that will all get roughly equal percentage shares of like 14% of the work. And then you're like, well, none of them are going to be relevant at that stage. And they're all going to go too high in drafts to, to want to buy it. But so many positions, what's going on in Atlanta. Do we really buy that um, Mike Davis is going to be the RB1 starter in, in Atlanta. What's going on in New York, in the Jets? Tevin Coleman? Are we really believe that Tevin Coleman is the RB1 in, in like starting opening day? The Jets are going to start with Tevin Coleman at running back. Like, it's as you're saying, there's so many situations to be worked yeah. out. And, and I think that's what might elevate that, that tier of if you want to miss out. Because last year was a great year to do zero RB. Last year was a phenomenal year because so many of the elite players even didn't produce or got hurt. Right. If you missed on them and you landed on David Montgomery in the fifth or sixth round and you picked up a Mike Davis or James Robinson off waivers, you, you pretty much locked in RB1 production. I love fantasy parts. football. Like that's what happens when, <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you're the beneficiary of that. <laughs> yeah, you just hit. I mean, like it happens, but I don't think that's going to happen again. And I, I think I, the reason why we have this discussion is I just don't want people to think that like you'll get the zero RB truthers out there and they'll say it worked last year. Look at me. I won so mm-hmm. many leagues. And it's like, keep an open mind. And that, I guess was the point of the discussion. I mean, true. So in one of my leagues, um, just a real quick caveat, well, addition onto that. Um, so in one of my leagues, I went zero RB on accident. So the way it turned <laughs> out, I ended up drafting um, like Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, uh, who, who else was the one of the wide receiver ones? I had like three elite wide receivers, and Terry then my McLaren. first, 
No, I can't remember who it was. I'd have to look at it. Was, it upset me so badly. And I had George Kittle, and then I had Josh Jacobs. That was oh. my team. So the three top three running backs, Galladay, Godwin, and who else it was? I can't remember. Michael Thomas. That's who it was. Oh, yeah. that, those were my wide receivers. And I was like, I have the best team ever. And then week one, and I was like, my team is terrible. And I think <laughs> I won two games out of the entire team. When I, on paper, prior to, I had an amazing team. So while I didn't have the Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley problem, I had a serious problem at wide receiver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> I think that shows that it can happen at any position. Yeah, but any, yeah. And that, I mean, that's a harder route to go down, but... It does happen. I had Kenny Golladay sure on does. one team last year. One team, it was my six and seven team that ended up sneaking in to the playoffs on points scored, and then I Don't won the championship. Me. Don't talk to me. That's Get how you do here. it. Get out of here with your bragging. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Golladay kept on my roster every week until week 16 as well. It's terrible. It's terrible. That's... Absolutely terrible. I will never, like, it was like the whole, is he going to play this week? Uh, no. Did you get played I was week? super uh, no, no. <laughs> and I was super proud of this team because I was so drunk when I drafted. <laughs> I was hammered, hammered, and it yes. wasn't my fault because prior it was my fault totally. But prior to I was at a draft for my bar league that I'm in, and they all were like, "No, you're an analyst. You're not allowed to like be in this league." And I'm like, "I'm in it anyway. Here's my hundred dollars." So I was in it. And one of the people who didn't want me in there was the bartender, <laughs> making me very, very, very strong drinks. We, we, <laughs> so, we're going to need to rewind a second. You have a bar league? Yeah. I don't mean, I, I'm in it. I don't run it. So I, I need to know the mechanics of how a bar league works. Like, you is it a case a bar of, league? No. No, Why no, am I no. front bars? <laughs> this, this, before this goes any further, Lauren, before you divulge what is in the Bar League, Murph, you are not suddenly going to add a chapter into the playbook called Starting Up a Bar League. It's not I'm happening. Not write, I'm not writing any more. I mean, I, there's probably a couple of thank yous I'm going to add to the book, and I'm not writing another thing. <laughs> okay. Lauren, you may proceed. So a Bar League is just a way of saying, like, you know we, how you have your home league? Mm. Well, the Bar League is like the ones with all your buddies that you go to the bar and drink with. So I have a home league, but I also have a bar league because a majority of the people in that league are regulars at the same bar. Does that make sense? That's awesome. It's very simple. Yeah. So that's my bar league. It's my, <laughs> yeah. I'm the only girl in it, which is super fun. And most of them are older gentlemen. And it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, ironically, that's one of my favorite leagues to be in. Ironically, that's very British. <laughs> Yeah. It's also um, very American. <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> Phenomenal. I feel like there's a long play situation there in which you got drunk in year one and because you were the analyst and no one wanted you in and then next year you're oh, going to shark Oh, people it. quit the league because I was in it. I was like, I got fifth place last year. It's not like I won. <laughs> like, calm down. No, everyone's like, oh, she's going to be in it. I quit. I'm like, nor am I a poor person to play with. Like, I do not trash talk that bad i mean a little bit but only if it's spoken to me first okay i don't like go out of my way but you know i entertain trades i i'm a i'm a fun league mate and these people are like no she's in and i don't want to play and i'm like okay fine whatever we'll find somebody else but i'm in it so sorry about you i do have a section of the playbook written that talks about doing live drafts that involves being at a bar already oh yeah yeah we do that so there's some there is some yeah so i've got some tips that will potentially help oh i know um, all those tips did i follow them <laughs> no no i didn't 
And so when I got, so it was that, that draft and I was hammered and I Ubered home and we were having our home league draft at my house. And I'm pretty sure I don't, I'm not pretty sure. I don't remember the first like eight rounds of the draft until I looked at my team the next day and I'm like, how did I get all these amazing wide receivers and Josh Jacobs and George Kittle? It's like, it's a good thing I researched this for my job because I can kind of do it in my sleep. <laughs> it's like, oh. And that's and my team turned out to be like two and 14. It was terrible. But hey, that, that, that was injuries, right? There's, there's yeah, it was. It was. It was unlucky, but don't get hammered while you're drafting. Don't do it. That's the, uh, the, the don't do it often. That's the key advice right there. Often. Uh, we, we, we've swayed away from the rookies by going to the bar league and that's all good and dandy. Lauren, you mentioned to me, you don't do rankings, but the quarterback rookies coming in, obviously Trevor Lawrence is the number one. Who, who you got after that? Murph, tell me you're still there. I'm still here. Okay. Lauren, Lauren... If you could see the Zoom right now, Rush Nation, Lauren has a shocked look upon her face. And I think well, her pe- stream... people will see the video, right? So they'll see this look. They would, yeah. If you're looking at the video now, this is going to be interesting edit in the podcast. But Lee, hey, look out for this one in the video. Lauren is still looking as, uh, astounded. So mm-hmm. I, I think she has gone. Murph, who are your quarterback rookies in this class? I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is one. We. Pretty much presume Zach Wilson's going to go at two now. Lauren, Lauren's video back is back, guys, and uh, there she is. There she is. She She's ran back. away. Sorry about that. You, uh, Lauren, you want to see the face you left on the Zoom as your screen froze? Oh, it was fantastic. I, I leave the most amazing faces, like especially the YouTube thumbnails. Oh, it's usually something absolutely horrendous. Well, I think I think our, I think our boy Lee can do something fantastic for this YouTube thumbnail that's going out later Perfect. on in the week. Um, yeah, sorry about that. So I normally plug in my high speed internet to my computer. I forgot we're having thunderstorms. So it just decided to poop out. Okay, but I'm season. plugged in. I'm ready to go. Okay, segue. What do you mean you, you normally plug it in? Um, what, your Wi-Fi went down? An Ethernet cable. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, Ethernet. I was, I was confused. I thought there was two internets into the house and you used different ones at different times. Oh, I have three. Okay. So, rookies. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? I legitimately have three different Wi-Fi signals. I can't process like your Wi-Fi right now. Um, did, Neither can my Wi-Fi. No, clearly. <laughs> Quarterback rookies, Lauren, I don't know if you heard my question or not. I did not. Okay, so you told me earlier today that you don't really do rankings, but you can do lists and stuff. The quarterback's coming in. Trevor Lawrence is the number one. Who have you got after Trevor Lawrence? You know, this is tough. Okay, um, I like Justin Fields quite a bit. All of this is going to depend on where they go, in my opinion. So Trevor Lawrence, I mean, obviously going to Jaguars. So let's get that out of here. Um, I think that Wilson has a big opportunity if we're going to assume that the Jets are going to draft him. I really like that. Um, Justin Fields, interesting. Mac Jones, interesting. My favorite quarterback out of all of them is going to be Trevor Lawrence. And then right after that, is going to be Justin Fields. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, and I think he deserves, in my opinion, I think he deserves to be ahead of Trevor Lawrence. But we already know where he's going, and we already know the opportunity that Trevor Lawrence is going to have. So I, I tend to put him just a little bit further up, but I think Justin Fields is, is, is a badass. Mm. He is he's tough, tough young man, ready to make some waves, and I'm excited to see it. I completely agree. Uh, you know, my, my rankings are exactly the same. Uh, as yours there, Lawrence Fields, 
and Wilson are, are my top three. Um, and I, I think for fantasy, you know, I don't think there's a big, huge gap between them because we expect all three to play pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, it depends where Fields goes, but I think wherever Fields goes, we'd expect him to play pretty early. We know Wilson is going to play because they're, you know, they're not going to play Joe Flacco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Tevin Coleman was the new quarterback. Uh, I mean, he could be. He, uh, Who knows? Tevin Coleman can do it all, just not when it matters um, <laughs> or consistently. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, for me, I'm kind of like I'm done listening to the mock drafts now because it's got very very silly. Like I, I've oh, it gets super convoluted. It's like uh, so and so gives up their firstborn and their soul uh, to go into the second. I, it's like okay, <laughs> I love a mock draft as much as anybody. Right, I do a lot of them. I participate in a lot of them. I love talking about it at this stage, right, of the draft. We're nine days out from the NFL draft. Whatever you get now is nonsense, is what the coaches, is what the teams want you to hear. In the early days, it's leaked. It's all about gathering information. It's putting pieces together. Now, all that's done. There's no more pro days. There's no more exercises. You know, there was no combine this year. There was no backdoor chats. I mean, it is what it is now. And for me, the first three picks are done. 49ers know who... The Jets are taking. That's why they traded up to three. They put a call in the two. Mm -hmm. They know who the Jets are taking and they've gone, right, we need to go to three because we can't, we have to get our guy. And they have a guy, whether it's Fields, whether it's Jones, whoever, they have a guy. They're they're just messing now. They're just playing with the media because why wouldn't you? It's fun. And you want to throw, you want to gain a competitive advantage. I personally endorse sabotage. So uh, go Massively. Um, I'm all for it. Um, you'll read some great tricks in the fantasy football playbook if you buy it about ways that you can sabotage. I do it on a regular basis and people don't know. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I think it's part, of, it's part of the game. right? But I think we're now at a stage where you don't need to really believe any more mock drafts. So much crap comes out. The Giants are going to trade down from 11. Dave Gettleman has never done a trade down in his life. Like it's just not going to happen. He's not going to trade down from 11. The Dolphins are going to trade down from six after buying six. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's a new yeah, one. Just to stop. Like, just stop. We don't need like the draft's nine days from now. Report news or don't report anything. Like it's fine. <laughs> we don't we don't need to make stuff up. We're better than this. Yeah. I don't know. But I yeah, I just think I think we I think I, I've always thought it would be Jones, but I do think it would be Fields now in, in in San Francisco. And I think either quarterback makes sense. Fields for the upside and the character and the ability. Mike, I'd love to see Fields in San Francisco. I would love yeah. to see that. I think it would be. I think it would be a great fit. I think both are good fits. I think Mac Jones is a really good fit for that Shanahan offense. I think they're both really good fits. The one I don't get is is Trey Lance. That's the one I don't get to San Fran, and I don't think he's going to be the pick. But yeah, that's a wild card for me. I don't. I have no idea where he's where he's going to go. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I will. One of those things I just don't have a strong opinion on either way. So I'll be like, oh, okay, we'll see. <laughs> I, I will say, Murph, you said well, you think Fields will play. I, <clears throat> the only way, the way I don't think he plays is if San Fran take Mac Jones at three and then the Falcons decide Lance is their guy next year and they're going to sit him. No, sorry, Fields is their guy for next year and they sit him behind Ryan. That's, I can't, I can't no, but that, see. That, that would be the yeah. only way that I think we don't see him. I, 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 the only thing I can 
say with any degree of confidence is I do not think Atlanta will take a quarterback at four. You know, the way that they've restructured Matt Ryan's deal. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they need a running back. Well, they need, they need so many positions. I, I, and yeah, a, any position there makes sense, but quarterback, because Matt Ryan is still young enough to where he can play for three or four years. But the way that the contract is structured, you're not getting away from it for the next two years. Like, you're just not. Right. I can't see them picking at four as bad as they are going down the just you know the Jordan Love route of we're going to draft Trey Lance because we love him and we're going to sit him for two years I don't think the Falcons are where the Packers are and have the luxury to do that they could trade down they could pick the best player in the class they could do a lot of things uh, you got to think that for Atlanta who don't need a quarterback they essentially have for them the number one pick because they can pick any player in the draft because they're not in for quarterback so you can do so much with that. You can trade it. You've got the number for them. They've got the number one pick. That is yep. what Atlanta That's have true. Right it's now. an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. So, I didn't think about it that way. Like, I just don't see Atlanta going QB. And then, uh, so yeah, I, Lance, I don't think starts this year because I could see Lance going somewhere like Detroit. I can see Lance going. I could see Lance. I hope not I mean, for his soul. But they're rebuilding. You never know. And, you know, they got the dude there. So, like, <laughs> ask any Lions fan. <laughs> Terrible. And I say this because my husband's a diehard Lions fan. There's, the only reason I see there's a slim chance, Lauren, that uh, your boy Drew Locke possibly gets into some sort of camp battle with Trey Lance if the Broncos decide to join in that party and move up, or if he's there at nine. I don't know. I and, and that would be well. I, I still think I still think Denver go Teddy Bridgewater. I, I okay. I'm giving Drew Locke one more year. He was hurt last year. Things were weird. It was 2020. I'm giving him one more year. Cortland Sutton was hurt, so I'm not ready to give up yet. I, I, any the only position we haven't strengthened. You look really sad right now as you talk <laughs> about Drew Lock. Like you look <laughs> so sad. Well, the only trouble is, I I agree with you. I think one more year. You need no. a tissue. <laughs> uh, give me a minute. Hang on. No, I think the only the, the, <laughs> the only position we haven't strengthened as a team, Denver, so far in free agency is linebacker. And at, at nine, we've possibly got the pick of all the defensive players in the class. And uh, linebacker is the biggest need we have currently on defense. So uh, I think we either trade back or take a linebacker. I have two schools of thought here, right? One, if, if Drew Locke is the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, I tell you now, Vic Fangio will be fired. He will be fi- He'll be gone. Well, it, does, it, it doesn't matter whether it's Teddy, who the quarterback is. I think we go linebacker because it could be Teddy rather than Drew. You, you've needed linebacker for three years. And you've, you've gone past. You could have had Devin Bush two years ago, who ultimately was a home run pick two years ago so at linebacker. If they start Drew Locke week one, you don't think they're going to start Drew Locke this season? I'm not, Barring injury, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if Drew Locke is the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos in 2021, Vic Fangio will be fired. He will be fired. We should put, we should make some kind of a bet. We, Rush Nation, we'll do something. What do he'll you think? Be, we should make fired, a bet on this. He'll be fired at some point, at either at the end of the season or whatever. He whatever. You can't be late like in three years from no, now. No, he no, gets no, fired. No. You're like, see, because he started Drew Locke in 2021. <laughs> no, 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 no. He will be fired. He'll be fired by Black Monday. 
Okay. So, okay. So he'll be fired by Black Monday. So like if he might coach the season and go the day after the season ends, whatever that happened. But this is so not responsible of me, but I'm going to take your bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Julok is the starting quarterback for the day. This is how you don't draft, my friend. <laughs> we'll we'll work out what we're going to do. But, <laughs> you don't do that. But, and, and I just think with linebacker, I agree with you. I think you need linebacker, and I think linebacker makes sense. I just think if, if, if Denver were going to draft linebacker, they would have done it with Devin Bush if they valued that position. I just don't think they do. I don't think they value it with, with, a, with a first round pick. And I think you can get a guy in the second round who would do a job. I know. Look, listen, if there's, you know, there's, if Rayshon Slater or Penai Sewell's there at nine, obviously you pull the trigger on them because they're both outstanding offensive tackles. But, and I think there are, there's a couple of good linebackers. I mean, if Zayvon Collins falls into the second, there's a chance we maybe move up a little bit and, and try and pick him. And there's somebody else who's, gone off the top of my head who's also worth a, an early second so I think I think it is draft dependent board dependent even and the fact that tackle is you can't pass up on either of those guys just because of the talent so you and might I, and, I, you, and I think Sewell's in play I think Sewell's in play at night I, I, I genuinely he definitely think shouldn't be <laughs> he shouldn't be but I think the Bengals are going to put the trigger on on Jamar Chase please don't Really, oh no! I really, the more it goes on, no, 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 no. And I think you're right. Sadly, I just don't want them to do that. I mean, and if they ever, and I think it was, I think it was Peter Schrager this morning on Good Morning Football said this too. If they even think about taking someone other than an offensive lineman, yeah. take a look at your quarterback's knee. Oh yeah, look at him. Look at every play that he was sandwiched like a Klondike bar. Like let's. Go get that boy some protection. If I was his mama, I'd be mad. You've got to protect the franchise saying. all day long. Like you've got to take tackle at five. I've said it for months that if if the yes. Bengals do anything other than take Penn Ice all at they have five, Tyler Boyd, they have T Higgins, they just got rid of AJ Green, fine, whatever. You don't need Jamar Chase. You'll get a great receiver in the second round if you're really desperate for a new toy. Exactly. You'll get one. Mm. Offense, it's fine. Offensive lineman. Yeah. And, and the, Thank the, you. the thing with the Bengals as well is they've got... Sorry, I got really passionate about it's, that. I love Joe Burrow. <laughs> they, 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 don't need a, they don't need a receiver because they've got the outside guy in T. Higgins. They've got the slot in yeah. Boyd. It's not as if they're yeah. aching at either position across the line. So it's, <clears throat> it's mental to think that they don't go offensive line. I mean... I hope they don't. If you... I don't know... I don't go... You know what I yeah. mean. <laughs> but I mean, you've only got to look at the picture of, <laughs> of Joe Burrow sitting in the chair in his new uniform yeah. and his knees there for everybody to see, like the scar down the front of it. I mean, Joe, I feel your pain. I've been there. We've done that. I mean, the fact that they've mm. put that in the photo is surely a smack in their own face. Like, guys, we need to go line here. Like, what's going on? Well, it should, it should do. Exactly. Someone, someone in the organization needs to just take ownership of this and and do you know what the problem the problem now with nfl teams is that they have too many decision makers right you really too many cooks in the kitchen 100 you literally it has to be either the gm the coach or whoever right whoever is responsible needs to go and say we took joe burrow number one we have to protect the franchise done that's it. That is yeah. the conversation. Now, if you want to pass on Suell and you go Darishaw because you like him more, whatever. Like then it comes down to preference and what you're looking for at the position. And you know, you Suell is the one, but people have doubts. If you want to go for a different tackle, fine. It'll raise some questions. I mean, look at Gettleman last year. He went with Thomas, who was the worst of the the big four tackles. 
He paid for it, um, big way, because it didn't work. The other mm-hmm. three went on to have very successful rookie years, um, especially, um, you know, Tristan Wirth, who ended up with a ring and was was rated the best of fourth, and he went last before. Like, you just got to protect the franchise. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't PFF have him the best yeah. out of those three? Four? Yeah. He was ranked the best okay. his rookie year. And... It feels like that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still living the dream. I'm still, I'm still on that boat with the boys. Um, with Tom, who's out there getting smashed. But I, I think it's, it's – bringing it back to rookies, I think it's just important that when we're looking at – like it's, just, it's so fluid. Like I just think this is the most fascinating draft of the last – it is probably half yeah. a dozen years. I think since that 2014 wide receiver class, we had Evans mm-hmm. and, and Beckham, and you had you know quarterbacks in there, and you, literally everything was going on. Like that was such a fascinating. I think this is the, the most exciting since then because literally anything can happen. Like there's so many different avenues of this draft. Mm-hmm. It's true. Literally anything can happen, and then you add in no combine, no consistency in testing. Like, this is an absolute crapshoot. This could be... Yeah. GMs will get fired for this draft. It's possible. Yeah. Because someone's going to make a massive mistake. Maybe multiple GMs will make a massive mistake. And it's not going to be the Broncos. We hope not. I hope not. I, it's not, I, love, <laughs> I love the Broncos. I just, I'm working on it, Doug. I don't, Thanks, I don't want. I don't want them to take Teddy Bridgewater, and I don't want them to take a linebacker. I want them to go and get a pick of a player that is going to be. They passed up on Sam Darnold. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I, I think this is going to be another year of Drew Locke. In, if Vic Fangio gets fired, then he gets fired. But I think I think he needs I, a year. I don't think That's Vic Fangio I mean. getting fired is the worst thing for the Denver Broncos either, by the way. I did, maybe. I, I just. I, but I I'm know. just saying, I just I, think if, if Drew Locke is the. With stuff. Cortland Sutton healthy, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> if everyone just if you could just see the look on Stock's face, it's kind of priceless. I, listen, I like I like Drew Lock. I think Drew Lock is a is a good guy, he's a good locker room guy. And I think if now you're just lying. No, Mark. no, I'm serious. I listen. <laughs> we can you can go back and listen to the tapes of, of when he was in the draft class and said out in Mizzou, he was the guy outside in the second round is the guy I would take. But we've seen enough of him in the NFL to know that he's not at the level that he needs to be. Yes. For what for what He'd the Broncos quiet. need him to be. The Broncos need someone who is going to make plays. For anyone who doesn't know listening to this, I graduated from Mizzou. Yeah. This is why I have an unholy love for Drew Locke. Yeah. Not because I think he's uber massively talented. Listen, you stop it right now. But Whereas, he is yeah. my boy. Whereas, you know, and I don't care. I, I went to the University of Florida and I, I don't particularly think Carl Trask is a great NFL quarterback. <laughs> That's why we're not talking about it. <laughs> but that's my point. Is <laughs> but we got Carl Pitts, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, what a stud! He's going to flame out year one. He's going to turn into absolutely oh, no. I'm, of course, I'm joking. Who hurt you? No one. Who well, hurt where do you, you want to start? How far do you want to go back? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so like, I was going to say, look, running backs is really thin, right? We we know it's going to be Mm-mm. Harris, Etienne. And Williams, they're like the guys uh, at running back. Is there anyone else you, you're mildly interested in at running back? Um, because it's rather safe to talk for wide receiver, to be honest, because that's far more interesting than, than what we've got in this running yeah, back. Yeah, no, um, my, no, my my eyeballs are on Najee Harris and Etienne. Yeah. 
those are those are the two I find most interesting for redraft purposes. Again, because I'm not a big dynasty player, everybody. Remember, I'm a redraft girl. So for me, I think landing spots for those two are going to be critical for 2021. I'm I'm just gonna say that I think Jamal Jefferson is gonna be a real dark horse into the uh I think if he lands in the right spot and gets himself a If G- we have another JJ in the NFL, I am gonna make mm. them have some kind of nickname. All right. That I remember. Well, I'll come up. That I assign. I'll come up with one. I'll come up with one. <laughs> I'll message them. <laughs> this is your new name. <laughs> Henceforth, accept this nickname. You will be known. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk some wide receivers. Uh, judging by the chat in the room so far, the Bengals taking Jamar Chase at number five. Uh, apart from, obviously, Jamar Chase is pretty much everybody's number one. A few people have got Waddle here and Smith, but most people have got chase as the number one where do you fall on everyone else in in the the top level of this class Lauren I like Devontae Smith and I like Jalen Waddle um I think those three are the top three I'm curious about I don't think we're gonna have another year like we did last year where these rookies are blowing up like the Justin Jefferson did um but yeah I'm I'm excited I'm I really want to see where Devontae Smith goes I really do because I I want him to do I want all of them to do well but those those are my big three. Okay, and then do you have anybody that you like in a from a, a deeper perspective? If like a sleeper, almost. I know it's very early, and they don't nah. have a team, but nah, not really. I'm boring. Sorry, guys. I don't have anything other than that. That's what? fine. I mean, I've heard I've heard a couple names. Like, I'm curious to see where Equinemius Saint Brown's brother Amon Ra goes. That should be a little interesting. Um, Rashad Bateman is another curious name that's been thrown out there, but really three, those are my top three. I mean, obviously I'm going to pay attention where all these guys go. So, but I'm, I'm more curious to see if there's going to be an immediate fantasy impact. But if one of these guys goes to a team that needs a wide receiver, who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going to be somebody that I'm going to want to pay attention to. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. I think landing spot is not as important. I think, you know, we had JJ Zacharyson on last week. He was saying that they're important, but they're not as important as they are for running backs where they're vitally super important. Um, but I, I, I can't get on the Devonta Smith train. I just can't. I just, I, I like the guy. I think he's a good player, <laughs> but he's my wide receiver five in this class. And I can't, I can't put him higher. I just can't do it. I, I, I he is just going to be the best slot receiver this NFL has seen. And there's merit and there's value in that up until the point where slot receivers are a dime a dozen. They, they don't get paid. They don't get consistent numbers. I mean, Cooper Cup, I think, is probably the exception to that rule. I'm trying to think if there's another one. But there's not many slot guys that are going to get 110 targets a season. Yeah, and I think that's just where Devonta Smith is going to be one of these playmaker guys who can who can do a lot and, and will get touches and will be relevant for a very short period of time. And I just I don't see him having this long illustrious career in the NFL. And I think unfortunately teams just aren't going to value his skill set and what he can do. And I, I that, that's why. And listen, he might go to the perfect landing spot, and I might shove him all the way up to two. But right now, I can't. I can't invest that high on a slot guy. I just can't. And I, I, that's why I have him there. And um, I have Marshall over him. I have Bateman over him. Bateman's my two. I think Bateman is, hmm. is massively slept on. I think what he did yeah. in his in his year when he was just 18 years old in the league 
or in college was just exceptional. And I think that he is getting too much of a discount because he got COVID and he lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I wish that happened to me. <laughs> I don't. Not the COVID part, the losing say, weight. I don't, part I don't wish for you to, to have COVID. But no. What about you, Stocks? Not that bit. The, the weight loss would be nice. <laughs> what about you, Stocks? Where's your. Where's your... Um, I, I give me 20 seconds. I think my wide receiver tab is still open. I know I've got Chase at one, and then I think. Yeah, of course, there's no heading, so I'm going to have to scroll down. Well done, Stocks. Um, I mean, I've got Devonta Smith at two and then Rashad Bateman at three. Um, and this is this is purely based on the film I watched. And obviously, Smith had a serious season. But, yeah, as soon as I saw Rashad Bateman in, in 2018, I was like, this boy's he's my man. So the fact you've got him at two and I've got him at three, I love that, Murph. Lauren, I'm, I'm, you know, we've, we've eaten up quite a lot of your... Uh, Tuesday so far it's lunchtime there let's finish off with Kyle Pitts pretty much the only real tight end we've got to talk about so far for fantasy I, I don't see him being a failure because he is generationally brilliant yeah obviously where where do you think if he landed do you think you'd really like to to, to go and get him early in a draft move up almost or what spot do you think oh, I'm not having any of that say you went to the Lions and he was there with TJ Hawkinson what sort of where would you like him to land and where wouldn't you? I guess is my convoluted way of asking that question. Um I don't know. I'm trying to think of where who who's in line to snag him. Well the Eagle the Falcons at four could do it. The Dolphins at okay. six could do it, but then you've got Mike Gasicki. I mean they're they're not mm. the same guy, but do you just give up on Gasicki like that? I mean, the Chargers, I mean, they're they're late on, but they They've got Jared Cook, but Hunter Henry's gone and him and Justin Herbert could be pretty spicy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like the Chargers a lot. Um, that's kind of one of my favorite places for him to send. I do not want him to go to the Patriots. They don't be the third one. Would hate for him to go to the Lions. That would be terrible too. Um, not the Eagles. They, I don't like that situation either, but they do like two tight ends. So you never know. It, it would have to take a pretty poor landing spot for me to stay away from him in dynasty redraft. I'm, I'm skeptical. Don't forget rookie tight ends are not historically good year one. I understand that he is not a typical tight end, but he is still a rookie tight end. I think that there are some other later round options I might want to target in a redraft um, than Kyle Pitts, but I, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. That dude is a stud. He is a cool guy. And I am so excited to see where he goes. So um, Murph, you were talking about this, but my stepdaughter, she is going to be eh, next graduating the next few years with her master's from university of Florida. So we are we're big Gator people in this house, and Kyle Pitts is fun to watch, and I cannot wait to see where he goes. So it better be to a good place, he, or I'm going to be upset. He, he is the <laughs> for fantasy. He is for me the most interesting prospect in this draft because he realistically, he I mean, like people talked about Chase Claypool, right? Saying like, oh, well, Chase Claypool is going to be a tight end due to his size, uh, and then he wasn't, and then he killed it year one. In a pretty... Yeah, well, he's like one cheeseburger away from being a tight right. end. I mean, just because he's huge. But Carl Pitts is almost the other way. He's so lean and athletic that that boy can play wide receiver. Like, I, Oh, I... yeah, I thought he was a wide receiver. Like, just in the first couple of games, I wasn't really paying attention, and I was like, Oh my God, that's their tight end. Oh, he can go, I can't he, wait he can to graduate. Oh, it's going to be so good. And I, <laughs> that sounded really dirty. I, I, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> you didn't mean it like that. I, I don't blame you. I'm man crush on, on carpets all the time. Like it's fine. Just, 
especially no, like especially when I was like doing the steepled fingers, like I can't wait to graduate. It just sounded really bad. I didn't mean it like that. I meant for fantasy purposes, fantasy football purposes. This is going off the rails. <laughs> I, I pray that Kyle Pitts becomes a wide receiver. That is all I'm saying. No, is I just pray. No, I pray he becomes no. a wide receiver because no. tight ends don't matter. They just don't matter. You don't need to draft them. Just don't worry about it. Just listen. Uh, be a wide receiver and be great in the NFL. <laughs> We're not going down this tight end debate at Murph. We've, we, we've kept Lauren long enough. We will do a tight end debate special on Kyle Pitts. But yeah, I mean, as a wide receiver, he would be absolutely phenomenal. Lauren, there's going to be a sixth round for you to come back because we haven't even scraped half of today's barrel. So you know, I have to, especially once we do landing spots. Then there we go. Then it's on. Better watch out. There we go. Um, let's. You know, do you have a? You're not really one for spicy hot takes, but do you have one regarding the rookies in the 2021 class? No. Okay. Cool. I don't. Why don't? This is this is how I roll. I just I wait. I'm one of those. It's like wait and see. Everything is going to change. I never want to get my hopes up and fall in love with a rookie, and then they land in some place like I don't know Buffalo. That sucks. Yeah. For a running back is what I mean. Okay. So I never really get too invested in the rookies. I wait to see what happens. So I will have a spicy hot take once I know where they're going. Well, why don't you do a like that hedge? I totally. Why don't you there. do a episode special Drew Lock spicy hot take? Considering you don't think he's going to get. Vic Fangio fired. Where do you think he could finish? Oh, he's going to be top 10. There you Duh. go, Bosh. Stick top, that in. Obvi. <laughs> Quarterback. Obvi. In, in what? <laughs> <laughs> Backyard football. <laughs> I, I mean, just pick a, pick a category, anything. Like, top 10 in what? Like Top 10 in fantasy finishers. Oh. Drew Locke, market, this date. Bosh. <laughs> Two days I after what, I, uh, if, if Drew Lock, if Drew Lock is the top ten, if he finishes in the top ten, um, yeah, yeah I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go all out of this. If he finishes in the top ten QB positions of, of in fantasy football this year, I, I will come on whatever show you're doing with a Drew Lock jersey. Yes, I will do Rocky Top. Right, I don't want anything okay. in return. I'm that sure this is not going to happen. I will do. <laughs> Pretty, I'm that sure it's not going to happen as I well. Don't want any, but I wanted a hot like, take. Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. That's the hottest <laughs> take I've ever heard. Um, I, yeah, I will come on whatever show you're doing. I will do Rocky Top. I'll learn all the words and everything, and I'll um, perfect in a Drew Lock jersey, and I will. Let's I will do it do that. in a tutu. If you can find one that fits, I don't think there is one made. <laughs> but I'll make you one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> This is this is wildly out of hand, as per usual, Rush Nation. This is why we absolutely love Lauren coming on. Lauren, we, it's been, I don't know how long since the beginning of the show, where people have forgotten where all your good stuff is available. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? I forgot to. So you guys can find all of my work on my website at stepmomlauren.com. You guys can find me on social media at stepmomlauren. I'm way more responsive on Twitter, but come and talk to me. Come say hi. I love talking fantasy football. And again, I write for the fantasy footballers, fantasy pros, NBC Sports Edge, and football guys this year. And I cannot wait for 2021. So kick some butt. It's not far away. The draft is just nine days away, Rush Nation. Lauren. I mean, 2021 season. I mean, we are. Yeah, we, we got you. you know we got I you. Mean. It's not like. A... You got smart people listening to this. They know what I mean. For sure. You're coming back for at least six, seven. Let's try and get to 10. It's going to race between you and Joe. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, that's, not even, that's not even a challenge. I will be here for the 10th episode of my visitation that like we're. 
get visitation rights. <laughs> yeah, we can we can sort something out. We can sort something out. Lauren, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming back. Um, take care. We'll see you soon, I suppose. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome, Murph. As always, big man, this has been an absolute hoot. Rush Nation. That was Stepmom Lauren 5.0. Until later on in the week when Rich is back with the Dynasty Pod and the College Guys Land, uh, Five Yard College Land on Wednesday with this week's edition. You know, stay safe. Interact with us on social medias at Murph underscore NFL, Five Yard Rush on Twitter. Come to the website. All the articles, mock drafts is happening over there. It's popping off. I've got to go. Need to lay down. Pass out. As always, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.